I ask no favor for my sex. All I ask of our brethren is that they take their feet off our necks. Topic Tuesday. It's your girl, Dr. Matthews, the accountability specialist. We have co-host, the communication and political specialist, Mr. Wendell King II. We are in the building. We got information for you all to leave with. We are ready and it is time to let y'all know what the real truth, the power uncut is all about. <laughs> What's going on? I'm here. I'm here and happy Tuesday to you, Dr. Matthews. We want to give a huge shout out to our brothers and sisters in Georgia that held it down today, got out and vote and make sure that their brothers and sisters, nieces and nephews, grandparents and uncles and aunts were out there voting. And I'm feeling real good in my boots. So while we're at it, make sure you go on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook and click, click, click. Share, 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 like, 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 subscribe, 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 and also be aware that we are also on Apple Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and did I say Spotify? And of course, you can catch us here right on Facebook anytime you need a little truth to give you some power, and it's going to be raw and uncut. Okay. Very well said, because <laughs> one thing that I love about this podcast is that we are matriculating every which way but Sunday, honey. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, because that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And we understand that our our podcast is not a gossip columnist. Uh, a gossip column show is not... Um, about entertainment, or well, it's not just about entertainment, but it is about things that actually impact your lives. Um, because rather we like it or not, politics are directly connected to government and governance is how we live. So that is the thing. So we thank each of you for holding it down with us each and every week as we bring you a little more light to add to the tunnel that we call life. Absolutely. Well said, communication specialist. I love it. I live. <laughs> and I put that on Mary Had a Little Lamb. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we talk about that, here we go, y'all. Okay, so you know how we were talking about last week about the Twisted T, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, the Twisted T truck pretty much topped over, okay? Oh, and no. Twisted T was just out of there. Now, see, I should have been over there because I should have got my Twisted T so I could knock the hell out of Trump's thinking ass. Dr. Matthews, you have a way with words. What? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, because I, look here, who needs a weapon, uh, shall I say a gun, when you can have a Twisted T? That Twisted T be knocking the hell out of folk. You understand me? I'm still looking at that video and I can feel Every bit of that twisted T going across that racist sap sucker face. Yeah, I'm traumatized over that video. I will never drink a twisted tea. Um, if I see someone holding a twisted tea and we're getting into an argument, I'm probably gonna just jump on them and start fighting them first. So they'll they hit me with that twisted tea. 
Twisted P should be sending that man a check right now because <laughs> that man has gotten them some pop, pop, boom. I know Twisted P sales have gone up. People walking around thinking they are, what's that olive oil and Popeye with the spinach? They probably think, give me some Twisted tea, and I'm going out here and do what I got to do. Their memes <laughs> have been a mess. Well, switching gears. So the high schooler that was suspended for the explicit Snapchat fights back, right? So let's roll that beautiful bean footage and let's take a look see at that. Shall we? Mm. Can public schools punish students for speech outside school grounds? Next month, the Supreme Court will decide whether to hear a case called Mahanoy Area School District versus BL. And here are the facts. The minor, known as BL, was a ninth grader who didn't make varsity cheerleading. From the appellate court opinion, here's what happened next. BL was frustrated. She had not advanced in cheerleading, was unhappy with her position on a private softball team, and was anxious about upcoming exams. So one Saturday, while hanging out with a friend at a local store, she decided to vent those frustrations. She took a photo of herself with a friend and their middle fingers raised and posted it to her Snapchat story. The snap was visible to about 250 friends, many of whom were Ma Noi students, and some of whom were cheerleaders, and it was accompanied by a puerile caption. F school, F softball, F cheer, F everything. Do you think you should have been punished by the school? I feel like I shouldn't have been. Only because it wasn't on school grounds and I wasn't in any school attire. How about you, Dad? I remember getting suspended from school and my father made me clean the garage all day long. What, what did you do at home? Well, uh, you know, I wasn't proud of her expression. Um, however, I, I felt that at that situation that the uh, the school overstepped their boundaries. And it, it was Brandy, th there is a, a code of conduct, right? There are rules that apply to athletes where, but you're obligated to make sure you don't embarrass your team, your coach, the school district, et cetera, et cetera. Were you aware of those rules? Um, I pretty sure I remember them. But in the rules, it did not have anything about what I can and can't say out of school and out of my uniform. I, I read the Third Circuit opinion, and the Third Circuit opinion points out that there were rules that she had to acknowledge before joining the cheerleading squad, quote, to have respect for their school, their coaches, and other cheerleaders, to avoid foul language and inappropriate gestures, and refrain from sharing negative information regarding cheerleading cheerleaders or coaches on the internet. She clearly violated those standards. I guess your argument is that that standard shouldn't apply. Right. Well, the government cannot require students to waive their First Amendment rights in order to participate in a government-sponsored activity. Just like they can't waive, you know, your and my right to, uh, or they can't require us to waive our First Amendment rights to uh, get a driver's license, for example. So, you know, this idea that that she has to follow these rules that are ultimately unconstitutional, you know, that was rejected by the Third Circuit um, and the lower court. So, Wendell, what you get out of that? Um, the normal, what we've been seeing all of 2020. So I see that we're bringing it to 2021. More privilege, more entitlement, more disregarding of a whole body of people that has pretty much done everything that white America has done, if not more, um, because we definitely did it for less. So um, yeah, this this high schooler, she definitely should be suspended. Um, I, I do think that. I think people that say, well, that's something that happened outside of the school, it still affects her at school. 
Correct. You know, I don't know why people get that mixed up. If it affects you at school, then therefore it should be handled at school also. Period. Correct. Period. Correct. You know, when your if your daddy busts you in your eye and you go to school with a black eye, your daddy will be arrested and CPS gonna be in his life. He didn't bust you in your eye at school. He bust you in your you eye at home. But it was abuse. It brought it came into the school, so the school at that point had to take responsibility. Same thing, same thing, and accountability applies the same way. And, and as you love to say, accountability breeds responsibility. The school so would have responsibility, yes. So take responsibility, get your ass suspended, and go have several seats yeah. and don't do it no And cow, that cow, my grandmother would call her a cow. That cow needs to sit down somewhere and learn some home training. No, she need to get a whooping. You know, if these people, I just don't understand these, the millennials and Generation Z and some zennials like our age um, bracket that are just ignorant and stupid that are not understanding the impacts of what they do. You know, like the impacts, and that's what I always try and help people understand that it's not telling you what to do. It's making sure you understand that 10 years from now, you're not going to be the same person, but that is going to be the same footage. But so you know you're what? Be completely different. But then you got to look at it like this. this. This is basically the whole mindset behind this foolishness right here. Number one, where there's no accountability, there's no responsibility at all. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, so like when you said, when you get to a certain age where now you're looking at what you did back then and how it's affecting you now. Right. That, that quote fits that. It does. You know, it, it does. does. And it's like, it you does. don't understand. Like what you do in your past can affect your future, honey. Yeah. And, like, and that's so important. Now. It's worth falling out. Like I tell people all the time, I don't have children. I, I was not blessed to have children as of yet. I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse, but anyway, but I don't have any kids, but I have my niece and my nephew and they're like my kids. They're like my, my kids slash little brother and little sister. Right. But I tell people all the time, I am not, I am not opposed to falling out with either of them if it is going to protect them from themselves. So mm -hmm. if you have to walk off pissed off at me because you feel like I'm in your business, but that is still something that gets your attention to make you stop doing what could hurt you in the future, I'm willing to have that fallout with you if it's going to save you. But you know what, though? And I'm going to tell you something else. This is my opinion. When parents stop being parents and y'all over here trying to be the kid's friend. Yeah. Then that's what you get. See, I'm not about to be my kid's friend. I'm the adult. I'm the one that had the money. My money, my rules. Okay. Period. Yeah. And then when you're an adult and I still have to pay money for your behind, mm -hmm. guess what? My money, my rules. Yeah. I'm not having drinks with you. I'm not doing nothing with you until you... Now, I'm I, I'm not... A, I, I see... I can understand parents that are like, if your child is like 25 and above, you know, and, and y'all want to have a drink. Yeah. But I'm not having drinks with my 21-year-old niece or nephew. I'm not. Because I know what happens when you start drinking, you start talking reckless. And if you start talking to me reckless, I'm still going to go upside your head. So it's best that you hang out with people on your level when you feel like you want to do reckless things. Well, see, which, and, and exactly what you're talking about is boundaries. That's all it is. When you Definitely. put the boundaries in place to let them know I'm not your friend, I'm the adult figure here. 
Let's yeah. not get because I will put okay. And it's okay. I'm still the person that says yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. And I'm very wrong. Mm -hmm. But I do it because I learned boundaries as a child and I respect those boundaries. So while people are talking about respectability politics, I'm one that believes in respectability politics. The only people that don't believe in respectability politics are people who have not yet earned respect. But when you start earning respect, you want people to respect what you have done, what you have accomplished, the life you have lived, the amount of time you have been on earth. You expect that. And these kids, they don't have that anymore because their parents start being their friends. They start feeling that they owe them something because they were lackluster parents. Baby, get over that trauma, go get counseling. But you ain't going to help them by treating them like they're your peer because they're going to talk to you like you're their peer one day and it ain't going to feel good. Well, you know what the old people used to say? When you play with a dog, he's going to lick you in the mouth. Okay. I ain't heard the old people say that, but that's a good one. But I showed her, you play with a dog, you will get bitten. Hmm. And, and I don't play with dogs. You lay with dogs. You wake up with fleas. All those good things. Itch, itch. Okay. So, <laughs> well, let me ask you this. What? <laughs> I know. I know. You always catch me off guard. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey. You say itch, itch, I want to say scratch, scratch. <laughs> <laughs> I started laughing before I could say it. I know. Well, then let me ask you this then. So, now, they had the woman that speaks out about accusing a black teen of stealing her phone, right? Yeah. So, I thought that was quite interesting. Let's look at this beautiful beam footage real quick and then we can unpack it. Beam me up, Scotty. Oh, leave a message. This is my phone. You don't have to explain nothing to her. This morning, Manhattan's district attorney says he is actively investigating this on-camera altercation viewed nearly three million times on Instagram, showing a woman accusing jazz musician Keon Harold's son of stealing her phone. Are you kidding me? You feel like there's only one iPhone made in the world? In this newly released surveillance video, you can see the woman wrestle with Keon Jr. in the lobby, tackling him to the ground. The NYPD asking for help in locating the woman. On Wednesday, police say following a review of the video at the Arlo Hotel in downtown Manhattan, they're considering additional possible charges for the unnamed woman, including assault, grand larceny, and attempted robbery. The announcement comes after a meeting between prosecutors and Harold's family. We met with the district attorney, and he uh, informed us that they had seen the hotel surveillance video and that it was very disturbing. Police say they have identified the woman seen in this video, but she has yet to come forward and reportedly lives out of state. But according to CNN, in an unreleased phone interview, she's disputing the claims against her, alleging that she was the one assaulted, seen on the ground at one point in the video, and that things escalated after she first asked to see hotel surveillance footage. She says she asked someone else in the lobby to empty their pockets before confronting Keon Harold Jr. Her phone was brought to her in an Uber. There's nothing to say to her, but look at the video. You have seen it. We have seen it. And it's just disappointing. And it's unfortunate. And... And, and I mean, it's traumatic. It just does not need to happen. Harold's mother calling it a case of racial profiling. Isn't it the other way around? Innocent until proven guilty. We are all supposed to have equal rights, for the, but the reality is that we don't. Mm. So yes, this is a racial injustice issue. The idea of trauma goes above any charge that could ever be had. I want my son to grow up whole. That's right. That's, That's all right. we want. Well. Wendell.
Every round goes higher and higher, as they would say at the church musicals on the north side. <laughs> First of all, I'm going to say this. Okay, because first of all, Karen, I'm gonna need you to go sit your behind down and yeah. you take that, that white privilege business and you need to incinerate it because ain't nobody yeah. dealing with it. Nobody yeah. not dealing with that. How we're dare you? Apologies. We're How dare you? Yeah, we're tired of these I'm sorry or I didn't mean it that way or it was taken I incorrectly know. or I'm tired of it. Like I tired of it. Tired of it. But you know, but you know I'm a devil's advocate type of person. I'm glad that we've been attacking Karen and Karen's brothers, but the reality is we are the same people that are still ignoring toxic masculine energy from black men that are still living in the in under the patriarchy. Um, and treating women like like weapons and tools and products, and but we're we're the same ones that's attacking Karens for being disrespectful, but we're still ignoring um, mamas that lash out at their kids because they still mad at their daddies. So we we I think that there's space for conversation in all of these areas. We can't use Karens as a deflection from our own toxic behaviors because that's their toxic behaviors that we need them to fix. But I can at least acknowledge the fact that at least this woman spoke out and accepted her wrong. You know, I, I'm still looking at um, we have a black guy here that that I thought was a friend um, that is extremely toxic. And I've been seeing him seeing him as toxic and he's dealing with all type of political backlash right now because of his toxic masculinity that he has been bathing in since I've known him. Um, and he's from the M.I. Crickletta, Crickletta, I, humpback, humpback, I. And he's still down here doing the same thing as though it's 1950s. And he was born probably in the late 80s. So he has no business being this way, but it begets, it begets, it begets. Toxicity, toxicity, I'm getting all twisted, but it begets, anger begets anger. Violence begets violence. Um, emotional abuse begets emotional abuse. So if we're going to talk about the Karens and Kings of the world, we still need to talk about the Bobbies and Barbaras too. That's what I'm going. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, Karen, sit down, Karens, because we're coming at you because we're taking it. We're taking our pain out on you. There you go. I just, you know, it, and I'm gonna tell you something. Something happened to us on Sunday. When we were doing a little slab ride and things like that, uh -huh. and so he ended up <laughs> she, said she said a little slab, y'all. They be big slab riding. Ah! <laughs> Back we, <then. laughs> we stopped at the 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 Chevron that's right there by Senator Boris Miles and Sheila Jackson Lee's office on Alameda. So we're minding our own business. Everybody's you know posted up. They got their cameras out. You know they filming and things like that. And so then they had this little old Caucasian guy comes, look like his skin about to just fall off at any given minute. Oh, but Lord. he comes over there, and he was like, "Um, y'all music is too loud." Okay, so you don't see this whole club that's called Fifty Fifteen right here. That really got this going on. So you you want to come over here and bother us. Sir, where do you live? I live right there. Okay, so your issue is not with us. Your issue is with this club over here. Mm -hmm. So good night. Well, that's I, most of their problem is that they get in other people's business. 
Oh, that's exactly what went down because we're in our own zone. And then yeah. you won't come over here with this mess. Bye, Ken. Cut it out. Yeah. They go fishing for it. They definitely go fishing for it. And that's the biggest problem is that, that uh, Donald Trump has really empowered some of these coons. Like Donald Trump has really made a lot of people feel invincible and untouchable. But you are not invincible and you will be touched. Okay. Y'all are running into the right ones because y'all are running into people that have their phones and they know phones are out. But one day you're going to run into somebody that, that and there's not a phone. And they're going to fold you when there's not a phone. <laughs> and, and I'm going to tell you something. And I'm just going to be straight up. I wasn't ready for that at all. You know, yeah. I thought he was coming over there to ask about the swangers and ask about the different color paint for the cars. Or something. Just enjoying yourselves. No, no drama. Yeah. And so, Papa, you won't come over here with that bullshit. Bye, Papa. Bye. So, Papa got this fan. Papa needs some hands. I ain't, I'm. Yeah, I don't really think he needs that because that skin looks like it's about to fall off. Oh you don't Lord! It at all, oh, baby. Jesus. No. Happens when you don't have melanin, honey. Your skin. In the name of Jesus, we pray for more melanin, Lord. We pray for the melanin to come in abundance. In abundance, we pray that abundance is poured upon them with the melanin, because we have some of our own people of color that lack melanin, Jesus, and we ask that you fix their skin too before it's too late. Right there, in the name of. Okay, in the name of the melanin God with the hair of wool that we like to call Yeshua. Amen. Okay, what's you next? What? I don't know <laughs> how to take that prayer. <laughs> Let me give you my fan because I don't know if that was a prayer or was that a prayer? Shade. I don't Hashtag know. Where my shade fan in. Hashtag <laughs> where my shade fan in because all I can do is. What do? <laughs> hey man, that fat look, I had to pop that fan out because I didn't know if that was a prayer or was that some day, baby. I, I just I don't know. So, I used to tell my white friends in high in middle school, don't forget your skin tear easy. Every time they would start talking too much, don't forget your skin tear easy. I am I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you one time and I'm gonna break you open. Oh, I'm dead. Work with me. I'm a bruise up, but you have to work with this. But I'm gonna hit you one time and you're gonna pop. Well, well, it appears to me somebody was about to hit Mitch McConnell's stinking ass because baby, they didn't vandalize that whole house. Let's take a look at this real quick. Producer, show us this picture of this house, honey. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. I'm Terry McSweeney, and we begin with a message on the mansion to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Tonight, SFPD looking for the vandals who tagged her Pacific Heights home with fake blood, spray paint, and an animal's head. NBC Bay Area's Gene Ellie has new details. Police say they responded to a call of vandalism here at House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's house around 2 o'clock this morning. Tonight, the graffiti on the garage door is covered with garbage bags, and the pig head left in the driveway is gone. A message for House Speaker Nancy Pelosi referencing the $2,000 COVID relief payment spray painted on her garage door in San Francisco. 2K is crossed out. It says, cancel rent. We want everything. A pig's head in red paint left on the driveway. Some are shocked by the action. That's that's crazy. I mean, even if those people don't like Speaker Pelosi or don't agree with her politically, like, you're going to show up to someone's house? Like, that's insane. Being the Speaker of the House, you're going to get, you're going to get, you're going to be the main target and the easiest escape goat. 
There are several cameras on the home and in the neighborhood. Police are investigating. The vandalism echoes what many peaceful protesters have been saying for months. They need financial help during COVID-19 shutdowns. But some experts say tagging a politician's home crosses the line. There is understandable frustration out there. Uh, and I think this kind of protest is an extension of that. I would try to caution people to see our leaders as reflections of us. You know, they are humans, they are people. San Francisco State Associate Political Science Professor Jason McDaniel also says it's a message Speaker Pelosi probably agrees with. Republican leaders have blocked her efforts to get $2,000 stimulus checks approved. It's sort of a futile thing because, again, Nancy Pelosi did mobilize uh, uh, her power to support and, and try to and pass $2,000 checks, but there's only so much. You know, she has no power over Mitch McConnell. Speaker Pelosi's office has not responded not knowing, to requests for comment. Gene Ellie, NBC Bay Area News. I'll be clear. Nancy Pelosi's house was really vandalized. Like, really. Nancy's, Nancy Pelosi's house was damaged. Like, they did graffiti all over her garage doors. They put stuff all over her um, front door. They threw things on top of the house and in the back of the house. And so out of nowhere, when the call came out for them to say Donald Trump and Republicans needed to say something about this, out of nowhere, Mitch McConnell's door ends up with some graffiti on it. I ain't buying it. That's some um, right wing foolishness that did it just to make it look as though that's happening on both sides. That is not the truth. I am so sick of this dumb, this dumb narrative that they like to push. That so, woman's house was vandalized. So clearly, so I just want to make sure I got this right. So allegedly, maybe Mitch probably did that bullshit because he know damn well folk over here mad about that 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 two thousand dollar stimulus check, and yeah. you go around here like the old Grinch and don't want to come up off that other money. Yeah, but that was definitely yeah, that was definitely uh a hocus pocus. Yeah, hocus pocus. That was a hocus pocus. That was uh that was uh I keyed your car and then I ran I keyed my own car a little bit too. So you can't say I did it because I'm gonna say somebody did mine too. See, that's that thin line between love and hate when she put that uh -huh. oil in, in the stocking and just wow, wow. Okay, uh -huh. he didn't say it. But let me tell you something about the north side of Houston. Your house better look just like mine, if not worse, or I'm going to know you did it. Ain't nobody stupid around here. If you slash four of my tires and you poke yours, baby, I'm whooping you still because you know you slashed that tire. Come on. Stop playing in our face, Mitch. Come but, on, Republicans. Yeah, make sure that we specific what part of the north side. The specific that we're talking about is north East Houston. Yes. Well, come on, come on, Lakewood, Shady Timbers, Northwood Manor. <laughs> that right there is a Glenwood, Glenwood Manor. Like, yeah, I'll bet. Like, Birdie I'll bet. Yeah. Scenic Wood, come on. The mud yeah, we're not talking about Fifth Ward. I mean, they got their own stuff going. Greensboro got their own stuff going. But let me tell you about Northeast Houston. North of 16, east of 59. Come on. Everybody knows somebody. Well, we took care of our crackheads in the 90s, and we made them preachers in the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm the real side. All true.
But Northside, where they was already, the girls was already doing baby halves to cover up their weave. They was calling them falls, and they put the half wig in and cover their hair up in the front and put their little curly shoes. Y'all just not getting that, but the Northside really created that. You're welcome. You are welcome. I beg you something. <laughs> With that, I can't die. Okay, so everybody, so Georgia is the essence of this whole entire election right now. We need these two Democratic seats. We need them because this is going to change the soul of our nation if we get these two Democratic seats, which means that's why everything is so delicate in Georgia. We have people from Texas that's going over to Georgia to get people to get out and vote. So this stuff is like serious business because the advantage of this, Wendell, can you please expound? Why do we need these seats? What's the advantage of this? Well, I mean, right now, the main thing is the House is 48 and 50. 48 Democrats won the Senate seat and 50 Republicans won. So if the Democrats were to win the two seats, it will become 50-50, which means that the tiebreaker, if there is ever a tie, would be the vice president, which would be Kamala Harris, which is a Democrat. So that will give the power back to the Democratic House. I mean, the, the Democratic part of the chamber. So that's the number one um, major thing in it. But another part that people are forgetting, all is not lost if we don't win both of those seats. We want both of those seats just so that we can guarantee that the president and the vice president can actually push the agendas that most of y'all whining asses was complaining about saying that y'all wanted when y'all wanted them to fill the gap for black people, Hispanic people, Latinx, Muslims, Baptists, Catholics, children, their mamas, they stepmamas, the whores, the mongos, like all of these things y'all was saying y'all was holding them to the fire your own means nothing if they don't have a Senate that can actually pass the bills to get these things done. But all is not lost if they don't win both seats. If they win one of the seats, then it will be 51 Republicans and 49 Democrats, but you will still have those two independent seats. Independents normally vote Democrat because normally independents are further left than Democrats and way off from Republicans. So normally if they do vote, they vote with the Democratic Party. So all will not be lost. Correct. So we have some video footage. Let's look at it real quick and then we can unpack it. That is a lot of votes, Steve. That is a lot cast already. But what are the key areas that we should be looking out for at this point? Yeah, yeah, it's been great to be here. Well, yeah, in a week from today, we'll be at the map watching live results come in. What are we going to be looking for in these two? Remember, two, because Democrats need to win both of them to get into that 50-50 tie in the Senate that Kamala Harris would break. What are we going to be looking at in Georgia? So I think one way to look at this is Republicans are coming into this runoff 
with a bit of a built-in advantage. And that might sound funny because, hey, Joe Biden just won Georgia. Joe Biden won Georgia in the presidential race. Certainly the Democrats could win these Senate races. That's true. But keep in mind one thing about last November. Here's the presidential race. Joe Biden won it by a little bit under 12,000 votes. First Democrat to carry Georgia since 92, Bill Clinton. About 12,000 vote margin for Joe Biden. Take a look at the Senate races here. This is John Ossoff versus David Perdue. Now, nobody got 50%. That's why we're in the runoff. But... David Perdue did get more votes than John Ossoff. He got 88,000 more votes than John Ossoff. So Biden, 12,000 more than Trump. But the Republican here, Perdue, getting 88,000 more than the Democrat John Ossoff. So that's a difference there of about 100,000 votes. So the Republicans didn't win it outright, but got more votes in this race uh, in the November election. And also, if you take a look at the other Senate race, this one's a little bit more confusing. Remember, the other seat... It was that wide-open primary, the top two candidates advanced. So there were like 20 candidates in this race. But if you added up all the Democrats, added up all the Republican votes, again, the Republicans got more votes in this race for this seat than the Democrats did. So that's the built-in advantage that I say that, uh, uh, that the Republicans have coming into this. Now, where is that advantage coming from? We're going to talk a lot about this between now and next Tuesday, and I think next Tuesday night. This blue area right here, uh, right in and around the Atlanta area, this has become the core of Democratic strength in Georgia. It's an area that's getting bigger and bigger in population, more and more diverse, more and more Democratic. In both the presidential race and the Senate race, Democrats ran up big numbers in these blue counties you're seeing here in and around Atlanta. But in the Senate races, the margin wasn't quite as high for Democrats as it was in the presidential race. A big part of that difference where Biden carries the state, but in the Senate race, Ossoff falls short against Purdue. In the other race, Democrats didn't get as many votes as Republicans. A big part of that difference is in these counties, in this metro Atlanta area, particularly Cobb County, DeKalb County, Gwinnett County. You see the bulk of that difference is coming from those places. So it looks like there were some ticket splitters back in November. In the grand scheme of things, not a huge number, but there were folks who went out there and said, I'm going to vote against Trump in the presidential race, but I'm also going to vote against Democrats in the Senate race. And for Democrats to win next week, they probably need to get those voters flipped and voting for them in the Senate races as well. So this is an area we will spend a lot of time, I think, talking about, Yasmin, next Tuesday night. So our thoughts still remain the same. Georgia... Georgia on my mind. Y'all have done what y'all, y'all did what needed to be done. But now we must wait and see the results. I feel in my bone that this morning and even before today, when it was the early um, voting, the mail-in voting, I think, I believe in my heart that those were Democratic voters. And I think that the polls are going to be right like they were during the um, na national debate, I mean, national election for mm -hmm. president. I do think that Reb and Ossoff will be victorious. They've been winning in the through all of the um, polling and posters. So I think that we did what we need to do. Of course, we have a couple of more hours before we really know because it's still quite early. And then right. they had such an abundant amount of mail-in votes. I think they had like 2 million mail-in voters or more. So they're not going to start counting those until Wednesday morning. So we're not going to know for sure. We're going to have a good feeling. Yeah, we're going to have a good feeling by the time we go to bed tonight, but we will not know for sure. It's probably Friday. Well, I tell you this, we're going to claim this victory. And that's what that is. Because yeah. guess what? That's how we know that Georgia is very, very critical mm -hmm. at this point. Because why do you have number 45 running around here calling folk? 
Yeah. Let's, so let's, there, right now, there, but wait, but don't forget for the Georgia election though, before we go there, Donald Trump was there last night, was in Georgia last night. Um, and Joe Biden was there on yesterday also. And they had two very different conversations going on. Joe Biden's conversation was very clear. Y'all vote in these two Democrats and your $2,000 check will be on its way. You don't vote them in and your 600 will have to do. And it's as simple as that. Whereas Donald Trump was just saying the campaign and the election is rigged, but I still want you to vote. <laughs> it's so rigged. Go vote. Black folk, show me the money, honey. Show me the money. That's all I'm saying. And but my thing is, that's how we know that Georgia is so, so, so critical because mm -hmm. this leak audio with Donald Trump stinking ass is it, just digging a hole deeper and deeper for himself. Let's mm -hmm. take a listen, shall we? Roll the beautiful bean footage. Based on all of this, and there's there's nothing wrong with with saying that, Brad. You know, I mean, having the, having a correct, the people of Georgia are angry, and these numbers are going to be repeated on Monday night, along with others that we're going to have by that time, which are much more substantial even. And the people of Georgia are angry. The people of the country are angry, and there's nothing wrong with saying that, you know, uh, that you've recalculated. Well, Mr. President, the challenge that you have is the data you have is wrong. Now. Do you think it's possible that they uh, shredded ballots in uh, Fulton County? Because that's what the rumor is. And also that Dominion took out machines. Uh, that Dominion is really moving fast to get rid of their uh, machinery. Do you know anything about that? Because that's illegal. No, Ryan Germany. No, Dominion is not um, moved any machinery out of Fulton County. We're having. Well, but no, but but have they moved? Have they? Have they moved the inner parts of the machines and replaced them with other parts? No. You sure, Ryan? I'm sure. You should want to have an accurate election. And you're a Republican. We believe that we do have an accurate election. No, I no, you don't. No, no, you don't. You don't have. You don't have. Not even close. You got. You're off by hundreds of thousands of votes. You know what they did, and you're not reporting it. That's a, you know, that's a criminal, that's a criminal offense, and and you know you can't let that happen. That's that's a big risk to you and to Ryan, your lawyer. That's a big risk, but they are shredding ballots, in my opinion, based on what I've heard, and they are removing machinery, uh, and they're moving it as fast as they can both of which are criminal fines and you can't let it happen and you are letting it happen. You know, I mean, I'm notifying you that you're letting it happen. So look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have because we won the state. So, so tell me, Brad, what are we going to do? We won the election, and it's not fair to take it away from us like this. And it's going to be very costly in many ways. And I think you have to say that you're going to reexamine it, and you can reexamine it, but, but reexamine it with people that want to find answers, not people that don't want to find answers.
Uh, for instance, I'm hearing Ryan, and he's probably, I'm sure, a great lawyer and everything, but he's making statements about those ballots that he doesn't know. But he's making them with such, he, he did make them with surety, but now I think he's less sure because the answer is they all went to Biden. And that alone wins us the election by a lot. You know, so. Mr. President, uh, you have people that submit information, and we have our people that submit information, and then it comes before the court, and the court then has to make a determination. We have to stand by our numbers. We believe our numbers are right. Well, under law, you're not allowed to give faulty election results, okay? You're not allowed to do that, and that's what you've done. This is a faulty election result, and honestly, this should go very fast. You should meet tomorrow because you have a big election election coming up. And because of what you've done to the president, you know, the people of, of uh, Georgia know that this was a scam. And because of what you've done to the president, a lot of people aren't going out to vote. And a lot of Republicans are going to vote negative because they hate what you did to the president. OK, they hate it. And they're going to vote. And if you would be respected, if really respected, if this thing could be straightened out. Before the election. You have a big election coming up on Tuesday. Okay, you know what? I'm about sick of him. <laughs> he run around here with this bully, this bully mentality, right? And what I got out of that is that you are desperate as hell. Okay. You coming up out of there mm -hmm. and you draw straws, sweetie. Everything that you're trying to come up with, your data does not match. Everything that you're trying to come up with is frivolous and is like it, it, it really don't matter to even even try to get a lawsuit because you're not going to get it. You know well, what I mean? 58 and lost each yeah, of them. Like, sit your ass down. <laughs> like, you got to up out that White House. Your ass about to go to jail. And that's just what that is. And yeah. that's my plan. And I'm sticking to it. And I'm going to come with this one. It's time to go. Hashtag buy bitch, hashtag shade, hashtag buy Trump, hashtag Biden, hashtag Harris, hashtag truth to power uncut. Every week you can get us here, Central Time, 7 o'clock p.m. Tuesdays and Thursdays. But now back to this pathetic um, display of this. It, it was such a integrity violation ethical violations is what he had everybody is debating on if he actually broke the law or not but what we do know he broke was ethical violation codes um which can be directly connected to laws because all most of our laws are based on good ethics so when you tell tell the secretary of state tell brad Rassenberger or whatever his name is because i don't really like him either because he still say he voted for him but when you when you, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm that that I'm that guy. I'm that guy. The enemy of my enemy is still my damn enemy. But um when you tell him, well, I just need you to go find eleven thousand seven hundred some odd votes because they only that was one more than what they have, 
that that is an ethical violation because you're telling him, you're guiding him to go break the law. When you say to him, well, no one will really say anything if you say you had to reopen the the the, the um, votes again, you have to retabulate again. You are at that point doing it. And then when you say, well, some people say that I could get you for legal because you're breaking the law if you don't do this. You are using your influence as a weapon. You are the weakest link, Madame President Trump. Sit yes, you and your Cheeto Orange and your handicapped, decrepit family and your long-legged, um, illegal immigrant wife pull over to the side, get to Florida, go sit on your um where you've been for the last four years playing golf and chill, sis. Like, chill. You are pathetic. You lost. And what I do give the Secretary of State of Georgia, Brad, um, I give him kudos, kudos for one thing. He stood his ground. Every single time Donald Trump says something, he said, but that's just not correct. And then he tell them your data is incorrect. And then he, Donald Trump says, well, they're saying that they're taking all of these things out of these polling areas. And he said, that's not correct. And then he's he said, based on hearsay. Yeah, he was very clear. He was like, none of this is correct. None of this is true. And Donald Trump was still trying to badger him. And he was still, no, no, I'm not. And what I love mostly was on, on yesterday, on Monday, he was interviewed on um, the Secretary of State, Brad Reppinger or Reppenberger or whatever his name is. Yeah, Rosenberger or whatever. He was interviewed and they asked him, well, did you plan on leaking the, 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 the recording, the audio? And he said, listen, I was never planning on doing it, but if I felt that he was trying to affect my integrity, I was going to let it, let it out. So the woman said, so are you saying that you gave them permission to leak it? He said, I'm not saying I gave them permission to leak it, but I did not tell them to stop. Once he got on Twitter and started attacking my ethnic, my ethics and my integrity, all bets were off. And that's how it goes. I love looking at old white men fight and kill and destroy each other. It reminds me of what they liked about us for over 300 years. So mm. it feels good in these last six months now, to see this happening to them. Look here, mm. everybody. Look here, you point one figure, three gonna be pointing at you. Mm -mm, good, I'm <laughs> loving it. I'm loving how Kemp is staying quiet. I'm loving how DeSanti in Florida is chewing up all his words and screaming about how they need more COVID um, vaccines. There, I'm loving it. I'm loving how Abbott is staying quiet and staying in his hut because he knows that he's on his last leg. I'm sorry. We're beyond the last leg for Abbott. But these people have done so much. They have been counterproductive since January 2020. We are now in January 2021. These people have made a complete joke of the American government for the past four years. And it is time that everybody pays the piper. So I think that Donald Trump deserves every single thing that he gets. And sis, he is going to get it. Well, well, let's roll the beautiful bean footage with our Madame-elect VP Harris and see what she says about this leak audio. Have y'all heard about that recorded conversation? Well, it was, yes, certainly the voice of desperation. 
most certainly that. And it was a bald, bald-faced, bold abuse of power by the President of the United States. That's what I'm talking about, sis. My okay. girl. Desperation for real. And My I girl. Said, she was like, did y'all hear the audio? See, that's the black side that came. She's a sister girl. She's a sister girl. That's the black side came by. Yeah, okay. Yeah, she was like, did y'all hear that? That sounds like some desperation to me. And look here. And that's clearly what that was. Because didn't I say that earlier? Yeah, and they're all still being they're all still playing nice. You know, I just want the Democrats and I, I understand this goodwill and peace to all act. I get it. But the reality is you don't go to a mud fight and then cry that you got mud in your eyes like they play nice with these. I was going to say these hoes, but I ain't going to say that. But they play nice with these Republicans, but the Republicans don't play nice back. So let's stop all that. Like even with Kamala, I love Kamala to death, but she was being too nice. She was being too um too careful. She was being too careful in it because the reality is we should be mad. Like we should be pissed off because the impacts of what is gonna what is gonna come from this is going to terrorize the American government, the American people for decades. We are vulnerable to international warfare right now because we have never been as divided as we are right now as a country. And anybody who knows anything about war is the best time to attack is when your opponent are not on the same page. Correct. We are obviously not on the same page. So we should be angry. We should be angry that these Republicans are continuing to choose party over people. We should be pissed off about that. We should be pissed off that they are so frightened to lose a Donald Trump base that they are willing to sacrifice our constitutional values. Oh, sound like to me that's some Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz all day long with his whole ass. Ted, but Ted Cruz has always been that person. First off, Ted Cruz, this man has told us that you shouldn't even be able to run for president, that you were an immigrant, and that you were not born in the U.S. Might I add that he did not lie. Ted Cruz was not born in the U.S. He was born in uh, in Canada. So I don't. I still don't understand how his application was ever accepted to run for president anyway. There was some more Republican hocus pocus. But then he has called your wife ugly. He has told you that you were horrible senator. Like, and now you're sitting here riding it out because you think you're going to be running for president in 2024. Ma'am, sit down with your Count Dracula looking self. You're not going to win anything. No one likes you. The only reason you won Texas is the same reason Sister Sheila Jackson Lee wins. Your name is just easy to remember because it's been around dangling in the atmosphere for so very long. Well, I remember when I went to go meet with Ted Cruz when they had tea with Ted uh, two years ago in D.C. And when we was there, of course, you know, I had my Texas boots on. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not coming now to be your friend, sap sucker. I'm coming here to ask you where money for these for these programs dealing with human trafficking. That's what I want to know. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you go to my Facebook, you'll see me with my sister girl hands on them hips. Okay. I ain't yeah. coming to all that. I ain't your friend. I don't give a shit about your ass. But yeah. I'll take a picture with you. We can do our little pic, boop. But I meant what I said and I said what I said. So where the yeah. money? 
Yeah, they're pathetic because after hearing this hour-long conversation, you would think that they would be at this point ready to disconnect themselves from a Donald Trump because he's making a complete mockery of these people. Correct. And then you have this um, Texas senator, I forgot his name, not Cruz, but the other one that has Corn had the audacity. What's his name? Not Cornyn. Cornyn. Um, another one. Who? You talking about Cornyn? No, not Cornyn. Not Cornyn. But um, this guy has literally said that we need to, at this point, they, because he was pissed off that the Supreme Court, um, that the judge did not rule in their favor, he said that it's time to take to the street. Oh, you're talking about the, um, that wasn't a senator, that was... Um, I think he was a rep. Was he a rep? He's a U.S. Uh, rep. He's he's attorney general. You're talking about... No, uh, no, 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 no. He's a U.S. Oh. rep. No, not the attorney general, not the attorney general of Texas. But he literally said it's time to take to the streets. Right. And, and so after something as pathetic as this audio drop of Donald Trump literally being caught red handed, trying to weaponize himself and use the White House as a weapon to try and force this man to steal the election for him. And the Republicans are still just not saying anything. But don't all is not lost because then I was in I was just so happy that um, representative Kathleen Rice and Ted Lou um, of California they have went on and said it's time to open an investigation. I was because, yeah, it's time to open an investigation because um um the Secretary of State um of Georgia has told us that they that the White House called him 18 times. So we got 18 more conversations, 17 conversations we haven't heard yet. Mm -hmm. Y'all let us hear one, but we have 17 more that we have not heard yet. Mind you, the first four was in 2016. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That so whole thing. Why was he calling you in 2016? What did, did this have? Did Hillary Clinton's election have anything to do with this? I agree. And it did. And I, yeah. I still believe that Russia was involved. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. It's yeah. time. So yeah. Trump just keeps on getting himself deeper and deeper and deeper in it. But um, Carl, um, oh my God, I can't think his name. But anyway, um, he's a he's a, a senior media um, journalist that has been really big forever. But he was the one that pretty much said today. He said, "Listen, Donald, it's time for you to resign and give Mike Pence president for a couple of weeks so he can go on and hurry up and pardon you." Because it's on, sis. Yeah. It's on. If you don't get pardoned, you're gonna go to jail. But Trump better just get ready because your ass going to jail. That's just you're what they're gonna go to jail. And I can't wait because I'm gonna have my good hair weave on and my pearls for me to watch that. Yeah, you're gonna go to jail, sis. Like it is what it is. There's no there's no way around it. <laughs> okay, so now let's look at with the Nashville bomber. Um let's just look at this beautiful bean footage first and then we can unpack it. Well, it's not beautiful, but okay. Mm. Breaking news, police in Nashville on the defensive tonight saying, quote, hindsight is 2020. This after it was revealed that the girlfriend of the suspected Nashville bomber told police that he was making explosives in his RV back in August of 2019. That's 16 months ago. Martin Savage is out front. 911, what is the adjective of your emergency? Tonight, newly released 911 calls revealing the moments before and after the blast. 
just before 5.30 a.m. Christmas Day. The first call comes into Nashville Police, reporting what sounded like gunfire in the city's tourist district. There have been three rounds of gunshots inside okay. the building. Police respond, but instead of a gunman, they find an RV blaring a warning to evacuate the area. The next 911 calls come after the RV has exploded. Oh my God, there, my entire building just fell down and it's collapsing. I live at 2nd Avenue North. Please, please, the entire building didn't collapse. But it was another call to 911 16 months earlier. Some say could have prevented the entire tragedy. 911, what is the address of your emergency? August 21st, 2019. An attorney reports he's concerned about one of his clients. Or maybe I can defuse this situation. Police show up at the home of Pamela Perry, who, according to the officer's report, tells them she's the girlfriend of Anthony Warner, the suspected bomber in the Christmas Day explosion in Nashville who died in the blast. She says that her boyfriend was building bombs in the RV trailer at his residence. Police also talk to Perry's attorney, who tells the officers Warner frequently talks about the military and bomb making. He stated that he believes that Warner knows what he's doing and is capable of making a bomb. I made a report on the spot for him to get checked out. I did all I knew that I could do. According to the report, police go to Warner's home, knock, but get no answer. Police observed there was an RV trailer in the backyard, but the yard was fenced off and police could not see inside. They eventually leave, and the report ends. Supervisors were notified of the incident. Authorities never managed to speak to Warner or get a look inside his RV. The same RV, authorities say, detonated with such devastating force on Christmas Day. If somebody had checked Tony out and gotten him the help that he needed, then this would have never happened. Late this afternoon, the chief of Nashville's Metro Police Department defended his officers' actions in 2019. I believe officers did everything they could legally. Maybe we could have followed up more. Hindsight is 2020. You know, the Nashville police chief also said that his officers, especially one from the explosives unit, for more than a week tried to contact Warner on the phone and in person, but they never got enough evidence to get a search warrant. They also reached out to the FBI. And here's the thing, Bianca. After the blast on Christmas Day, the head of the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation said that Warner had not been on anybody's radar. Yet we know now that's not true. 16 months ago, he was on the radar of the local police and on the radar of the FBI, but then dropped off that radar until exploding violently again on yeah, Christmas Day. You can't help but wonder what could have happened if police were able to get inside that RV in 2019. Martin Savage, thank right. you so much. And joining me now is Bob Mendez. He's a city councilman member in large in Nashville, Tennessee. Councilman Mendez, thank you so much for joining us. We know it took police five days now to tell us about this warning from August of 2019. Why do you think it took so long? Well, I, I think it took so long because um, the PR arm of our police department was um, playing with reputations rather than getting the full, full truth out. And unfortunately, it's not the first time we've had that problem with our police department PR team here. And, and we know that locally, um, if it were a person of color or if it had been maybe drugs involved, you know, meth instead of bomb making, it almost certainly would have been investigated. They never tried to get a warrant. And, uh, you know, locally, we're going to want to know why that is. Well, how about this, Wendell? It's a beautiful mess. How about that? Yeah, it is a beautiful mess. Okay. And this guy was, matter of fact, they warned the FBI several times mm -hmm. that this was going to come down the pipe. And this guy in that little runner bagel was like, fuck AT&T. And everything else that looked like it. I'm tired, <laughs> of, I'm tired of all this shit. And it seemed like to me like he was about to beat me up, Scotty. And he ran around there and blew all their asses up. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so sad. This is... Mm, it's just so sad where we are right now and the emotional state that we are in 
as a nation, like Joe Biden could not have come up with a better slogan um, than to save the soul of our nation, because the soul of this nation has always been bad anyway, but it has gotten worse. You know, like it is really people are crying out for help on, in all races. Um, I don't think this is not just to um, beat up white America. I beat up white America a lot because white America were the ones that thought it was okay to own, sell, auction, break. But, but, but then you have the ones with white America that always run around here, want to throw the rock and hide your hand type shit. Yeah, so but you got to you out. Yeah, but we have to, but we do have to acknowledge that um, we have to acknowledge that we all have these cancers in every race, every community, every family. And mental illness is real. And it so is. impacts of mental illness, but that's why a Donald Trump and this, this rhetoric that white, white America has been pushing, specifically with the Republican Party, um, we have to put responsibility on them and accountability on them because everybody can't process what you say. The way you're, you may be being childish, just trying to win an election, but there is somebody that can't process that and they think they need to go out and do harm to others. You know, I remember when the El Paso, the guy went through Walmart in El Paso um, like last year, yeah. 2019. Um, it was 2019. And he went through there. And the first thing that they pulled up was how he was at the Trump rally. Uh, the, the little white kid in from Illinois that went to Wisconsin saying he was a vigilante and killed those two protesters, you know, and he was a huge Donald Trump fan. You cannot ignore these conversations. Like, these are real issues that we are looking at and we cannot keep ignoring it. We cannot. We cannot. No, we cannot. And it's it's just, to me, when when I heard about this information, and and by me looking at the video and then also looking at how he just blew these people up with this little renovation, wow. I just you know normally when you see something like that, you you know you'll think that it's it's someone that's Arabic, you mm -hmm. know, that's in the Middle East where they think they going to well yeah they still do suicidal bombings correct like they, because they because supposedly in that culture when you do something like that like when you die you'll be given virgins and things like that and your family is taken care of yeah and it's and it's just to me it's it's idiotic and it's it's sad it's, it's so sad illness, like you said and i can do yeah. this again mental illness is real and mental illness is something that you or anybody should not take lightly yeah. when you see certain unorthodox behavior yeah but black black and brown people yeah, we need to start following the lead of white America. When you have a child that seems like they're a little touched, you need to go immediately and start getting them some professional therapy. Get them professional help. Get them involved with MHMRA. Don't take them to the pastor and the first lady. You can take them there, but take them to an actual person where it's documented because this is where white America get us all the time. They can switch quickly say that their child or that person deals with mental illness and they will get out of it. Because they yeah. have a history of mental illness. Whereas with the black boy that did the killing, yo, his mama didn't take him anywhere to get anything. So there's no proof of anything. Whereas all the people in the neighborhood said, I knew something wasn't right with him. But yeah. it, there was no receipt. All the time, uh, there was no receipt. No receipt. 
And not all the time, an ass whooping is going to cure something. No, you know? no, you it's know, not. We, we have children that have, you know, that, that, that is chemically imbalanced. We have children that deals with different genetics because you mm -hmm. may have a parent that, that got some bullshit in their genetics and then it, it jumps over to your children. So yeah. when you see these type of behaviors, you need to address it head on. Don't be in denial. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I know if I got a bad ass kid, guess what? We going to go see the doctor to go calm that ass down. Right. Right, know, well, one of the one of the northeast tests <laughs> for for your child was if a child playing with the fire, my my mom would take your hand and put it real close to the fire so you could feel the heat of it and you start screaming because you knew never to do that again. But if you went back and tried to do it again, at that point we see something wrong with you. Because you know it's got, you are now aware that it will burn you, but yet you are still trying. So that's not the time to beat them. That's the time to seek help. Correct. And that's the time that you need to, you know, hey, take responsibility, take accountability, and you need to make sure that you get the proper resources for mm -hmm. your child. Yes. And that's just it is. And I think one thing that you say all the time that has fit this entire conversation tonight is accountability breeds responsibility. If you are the parent and you recognize that something is wrong with your child, your, your responsibility is to get them help because white America, they believe in it. And so that's why when you hear about these types of stories um, with white with the white men or white women, Next story you hear is always there was some type of mental illness there, but they have a, they have receipts of it. Whereas with us, it's like I always knew something was wrong with him. Yeah, but the pastor didn't want to tell us. Well, right here in Houston, a couple of years ago, there's a woman, may she rest in peace, rest in paradise. She was a Texas University graduate. Her son went to TSU and he was telling her that he was having nightmares. And something was coming to him in his in his sleep, telling him to do wrong, to do harm to her. And she kept taking him to the pastor. And the pastor kept saying that he was all right. He was all right. He was all right. Long story short, the boy killed his mother and committed suicide. Oh, my. But he had been telling them. He had been telling them something is wrong with me in my sleep. I am having nightmares trying to tell me to do harm to my mother. And instead, she wanted to keep bringing him to the pastor crying. But if that was my sister, my aunt, my granny, and her son had done that, I would pr only pray that it was a good church like Willa or someone who could get some money because I would sue the shit out of that pastor. Because you pastors need to stop swindling these people also. You need to start saying, I am not equipped to help you the way you need to be helped. I you cannot service you. Yeah. You just need to provide the resources because you are not a clinical doctor. No. Okay? You can be Reverend doctor, but you're not a clinical. And that ain't real. That was weekend theology. But let me tell you something. You need to stop doing that. Y'all are just as guilty as the villains that are doing these crimes. When you know that you, when you know you can't handle something, Iyanla is a great example because she said this was her last season because she can no longer deal with those demons. No, sis, it's your last season because you are an attorney by profession. 
And because you spoke well and had great ideas like everybody else, grandmother and grandfather, you felt like you could be a life coach and you was putting these people's lives in jeopardy because you was giving them, you were, you were transcending your life on their life. Meanwhile, you have a daughter that's estranged from you and a man that ain't talking to you since he divorced you, but you want to fix everybody else's life. Y'all have to stop going to these people. If you're going to go to a life coach, go to a life coach that is certified, that understands and can actually do the job, that can give you the tools to get the help. Dr. Carter is a life coach. Dr. Cheryl Carter, she's a life coach, but she's a different type of life coach because she tells you, my job is to coach you, not to teach you. And she guides you to help psychiatrists and psychologists and therapists that can help you. You come to me when you have the pieces. You just don't know where to put them. Don't come to me when you don't even know where the pieces are. You come to me when you have the pieces. A life coach is not a doctor. Period. Dr. Salone, who is a doctor? Okay. Dr. Salone from the Luke. Someone from the Luke? No, Dr. Salone, who we had on our show. Oh, I love her. Yes, I love her. Real doctor. Yes, she is a real doctor. She is yeah. a real doctor with real experience. Mm. Not just good thoughts. Not mm. good just, just discernment. You know, it's like she got she got good intuition, but I don't need nobody with good intuition. I need somebody who got an education to go with that intuition that can guide me correctly and tell me what does history say. Boop, leave a message. So, Wendell, can you go on and kind of give us these honorable mentions? Well, yeah, tonight we did have a few honorable mentions. And just so y'all know, an honorable mention doesn't mean that we're saying that they were not important. It was just saying that we only have one hour to get this over to you. And so we will come back and discuss these things once once more discovery has um, taken place. But the first thing is the 500 COVID-19 um, doses that intentionally were destroyed, which um, we do. There is video footage. So we're going to look at that video footage and then we're going to delve into it more. But that is five. 500 vaccines. And in case you don't know, the vaccines are, it's so critical right now that they're looking at somehow being able to divide one doses to make it into two and seeing how effective will it be because it is just that difficult to get enough. So that is a great story that we're going to be following nonstop. The second one is the GOP congressman, uh, and that is when we say GOP congressman, we're talking about the Republican Party, um, congressman lawsuit to prevent Vice President Pence to officiate Biden when um, on January the 6th. And, and just to give you a little more feedback on that, today the, the mayor of Washington, D.C. actually asked for Black Lives Matter and any other organization that is pro-Biden-Harris to not even come to D.C. because Donald Trump has already asked for them to take to the streets. He's trying to hold a rally at the exact same time. And they already see that it's going to be violent. And on top of that, it's because of bad governance because these idiots have filed this lawsuit and they lost. Let's be clear. They filed a lawsuit and it lost, which we knew it was going to lose. They knew they were going to lose. They're just trying to stay in good graces with Donald Trump because they feel like they need his face. And then the number three is Melania doesn't want magazine appearances in the regular magazines that she always has. She says she knows that she can get on Fox News. She don't care about that. She wants CNN. She wants C-SPAN. She wants MSNBC. She don't want to be just in Vogue Italia. She wants Vogue Italia. So... <laughs> Really? Really? Melania is 
Well, it's like to me that she needs Pornhub too. Okay, Melania is a foreign what piece you, what of you shit. Think? Oh what my you God, think? Milo, do you think she need to be in Pornhub? What you think, Milo? <laughs> you think she a hoe? Tell me, Milo, what you think? Oh my God, no, you didn't just grab the dog. <laughs> Milo, Milo, when you said uh, Melania, Milo was like, "Hold on, I think she need Pornhub." and then of course and then that the audio was leaked by her um then friend now enemy (laughs) that recorded every conversation and then last but not least we have larry king which is hospitalized right now he's fighting for his life he was on a ventilator i want to say they finally took him off the ventilator today um but larry king we give him send all of our blessings his way all of our prayers his way because he has dealt with COVID. for those of you who and I and I'm I'm not gonna beat people up because I planned on it in February and March, but I'm not gonna do it. But for those people that were going around saying that this wasn't real, but now you're asking for prayer cloths and GoFundMe pages for your little cousin BB and stuff like that, these are the times when you have to really think about it. I so I hope that people are are reflecting on the on their words. Because the, I don't know, I'm, I know everybody's not Bible packers or Bible thumpers, as they say, but the Bible says that life and death lies in the power of your own tongue. Then it says, speak, call things that be not as though they were. So when we speak these things, when we say these things, God has a very, the universe has a very unique way of coming back and teaching us what we did not get the first time. So most of the people that I'm seeing that are now saying, oh my God, it took this person. Oh my God, my godmother is dead. Oh my God, my best friend's sister just died. Oh my God, you are the same people that were saying, this isn't real. You're the same people that were saying, this is so fake. And this is the government trying to set us up. Okay, well, what's going on now? What is going on now? So Larry King, our blessings and prayers are going out to him and everybody else who is dealing with this because COVID-19 is still here. It is still real and it is getting greater and greater and greater. Absolutely. Well, we had such a wonderful night as usual. And so I have the quote for the night, people, which is leaders inspire accountability through their ability to accept responsibility before they place blame. Courtney Lynch. Oh. So so leaders inspire accountability through their ability. So that's let's deal with that. Leaders inspire accountability through their ability. So your ability is a part of your credentials, part of your experience, part of your knowledge, part of your education. So leaders inspire, inspire meaning that they motivate, they create, they provoke, they they initiate initiate, they they engage. Yes accountability through their ability to accept responsibility. So you can't be a leader if you can't even accept responsibility because we're just looking at this and it tells us that it is through the ability to accept. So the ability, meaning you have to have the the processing tools to understand the responsibility that goes into it before they place blame. And that's Brene Brown all day long. We have to become vulnerable to always accept blame. 
because that is how we grow. When we can't accept blame for things, then we lack responsibility. And if we lack responsibility, we don't have the power to hold anybody else accountable because we're not accountable for our own responsibility. That, Miss Courtney Lynch, is the deal. Love that. Well, love that. Lord, you all, please share, 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 share on all of our platforms because yeah. at the end of the day, we are speaking truth to power. Because guess what? You're gonna leave with some type of resource, or you're gonna leave with some type of knowledge. Because that is the whole purpose of speaking truth to power. And remember, but don't forget, we're on Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Castbox, Google Podcasts, Overcast. Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and Tumen. 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 Okay. Anyway, a special shout out to Dr. GL, Dr. Good Luck, that keeps us together. We thank him for all of the hard work that he does, and his hard work never goes untouched, unseen, Absolutely. or Absolutely. <laughs> well, my good people, until we see you again, made us. Shade, be with you. It's time to say goodbye to all my Negro friends. Thank you all for stopping by. <laughs> Good day, y'all. Say be with you. I ask no favor for my sex. All I ask of our brethren is that they take their feet off our necks. And that little girl was me.